a Pulp MX Network production. With your support of our sponsors, we have reached over 800 podcasts and counting. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, support your moto addiction by buying from our sponsors. It's the Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. Presented by Fox Racing. The original moto podcast. Featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the Racer X Toronto Supercross Wrap-Up Podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. Let's do some podcasting about uh, Toronto Supercross, all that happened there, and uh, lots to talk about. Round 10 of 17, uh, the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series, and uh, a great race, and uh, plenty to talk about. Fox Racing, foxhead.com. This pod is presented by Fox. Go to your local dealer, get some Fox gear. If they don't have Fox gear, go to another dealer because they should have Fox gear. Foxhead.com, uh, Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, just a few of the guys. Jesse Wentland wears Fox also. And he had a great Toronto. And uh, please check him out. Uh, the latest, greatest global innovation leader in motocross racewear. And this is the Racer X. And I'm, my name is Steve Mathis. With me on the line, uh, my boss, Racer X online editor, the voice of American motocross, the voice of quad racing, the voice of the GNCCs, the voice of NASCAR, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> sound very. Something wrong today? No, I mean, that's just a lot. I mean, you almost remind me of how much is on my plate. So maybe it saps the enthusiasm. Yeah, maybe that's it, right? Yeah, you're not. not you, yeah, yeah, you can't quite figure out how you're going to fit it all in. Voice of NASCAR, though. Uh, voice of approximately, if you if you broke it down in percentages, probably about point oh 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 three percent of the sport of NASCAR. Okay, all right. Proud of my role. Uh, also on the line, Hawking Fly Racewear across the world, uh, the Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? What's going on? I will not be doing any of those things that you said at the entry of this podcast, but that's that's just me. That's okay. What's that? What do you mean? The voice? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, I was just I was just making a joke about the oh yeah, oh oh yeah 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 right got it yeah you work for <laughs> Fly three letter F word uh, apparently does not like the other three letter F word. Is that how it kind of goes? No, it's not that we don't like them. We're, we're, just, we're competitors. It's all good. Right. I like, I like lots of people there. Beaker's awesome. All right. Uh, Toronto Supercross, for some reason, there's 17 races in the uh, Supercross series, correct? Did I miss one? Or is there 17? 17, 17 man. as far as I know. Because the AMA sheets, if you look at the very top of the AMA sheets, it says round 10 of 16. Like welcome again you, to welcome again to AMA. Are you, what? Are you surprised? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Here we go. AMA strikes again. Anyway, so there's only 16. AMA may not show up in Vegas. Who knows? They just have a drop round in there. Yeah. Anyway, 17 rounds. I looked at I looked at it like just to make sure it was round 10, and I'm like, what? Huh? I paused for a second, and then I'm like, oh wait, it's the AMA. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, Toronto Supercross uh, back after a year off, and Weege, what a what a welcome back! Terrific race, glad it's back. I think, I hope it's going to keep on going. Well, uh, speaking of the AMA, we 
which would also involve the FIM, doesn't it have to? I don't understand how it was a world championship without it last year. How does this even work? It's required, isn't it? Well, they didn't go to Detroit. That's that's not America. Detroit is, is off the grid. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I mean, we didn't go last year. Yeah, but I'm wondering if there's like a rule, you know, you keep your a career number if you miss one season. You get a one-year grace, maybe? Was that it? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there's got to be – There's there's no way that they can just – in perpetuity, just go without even racing in Canada forever and keep calling it a world championship. There's no way. What I don't understand is, okay, so going back 10, 12 years ago, the Feld guys, which were then Clear Channel, they were scared of uh, this Jam Sports Series um, coming in and taking supercars because AMA Pro Racing actually awarded another company the, 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 the series in a colossally, amazingly dumb move. But whatever, this is the same people who can't get the number around straight. So then the guys at Clear Channel did this awesome, really nice backdoor uh, political maneuver um, to go and get the FIM sanctioned, get the series FIM sanctioned, which then put heat on the teams and pressure and teams to do the FIM series because this goes back, you know, 100 years to whenever, the you know, well, not 100 years, but whenever the sort of motorcycle racing was was uh, come aboard. So they went to get the FIM and said, our series is going to be FIM. We don't even need the AMA. And we think the FIM is more important. And eventually the whole GM thing, sports thing, fell apart. The AMA pro racing and it fell on Clear Channel then all made up and all that. And we had a couple World Supercross rounds in December, people may remember. And then we went to Toronto and Vancouver. Anyways, why have Feld re-upped with the FIM year after year, like whatever year the contract is? Like, like who thinks the FIM is a good idea? Having the FIM has been a good idea. For a while, we had the classes had different rules. The 250 class, Supercross class was AMA, and 450 was FIM. Like, why are they doing this, Weege, year after year? And your phone. Some overarching thing we're not realizing, because, yes, it was born out of necessity. It was born out of desperation. They had lost the AMA sanction. They needed something to keep their their Supercross series uh, legitimate, and they actually found a sanctioning body that's even more established in the AMA, which I am. So, yes, it was that had been 2002. It was born out of necessity and made up. They, yeah, they wouldn't have needed them anymore. All I can gather is if I was so pumped to have finally gotten their mitts on Supercross, which we know is the really the crown crown jewel as far as dirt bike racing is concerned, that they're probably not willing to let it go. So I don't know how it works. The FIM is doing something to make sure that pot is sweet enough to keep this going. Okay, but Weege, uh, the like I think even if the FIM were to go away, which they need to drop the FIM, they absolutely need to. But then I guess maybe not because the AMA is sort of a shell. Anyways, this race might be on the calendar. Anyways, it's a it's a it's a really legit Supercross race with a lot of people. Yeah, that FIM deal was born out of desperation, I suppose, uh, and why it's still there. I can only imagine that FIM doesn't want to let Supercross go once they get in. Who would not want to be a part of that train? But um, I think on the outside, for the fans and for people like us, Toronto's legit and it's awesome and it should stay. But behind the scenes, as far as um, you know, teams and getting their trucks across the border and some riders being able to compete internationally, 
Um, there might be other people that are saying, "Oh man, if that race went away, that would be that would be great." So this is only our perspective. We like Toronto. Yeah, I'm sure some others don't. The uh, the Kerry Hart tweet yesterday. He said, "Win on Saturday, lose on Sunday. Time for a riders' union." Um, the, I spoke to a couple of people who who may think may think that that tweet may be about uh, the truck having problems crossing the border, which is what you just said. Which is that's reminded me to say that we yeah. yeah. So there's a there's a bit of an issue with the truck. Star Racing didn't even have a truck there this weekend. Um, Jeremy Martin got second out of a box van, like the old days. So um, a rented box van, yeah, yeah, a rented uh, U-Haul or yeah. whatever. And then yeah, maybe Hearts, maybe the RCH team had trouble getting the truck across. But hey, man, like whatever, figure it out. It's not that big of a deal. Happens every day. Truck, no. There's plenty of work. I mean, think about other world championship motorsports series that have to do a lot more than that. That's just the price of doing business. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. what does a riders union have to do with a semi? So they say, don't, well, I think, so they say, don't go to Toronto. I don't know. I don't know. Don't go to, so the, for the riders' benefit, don't go to Toronto because it makes it hard on my team to get the truck across the border. That's really abusing us as riders. Yes. Yes. Yeah, um, I mean the riders union thing. I, I that's like the easy panic button that everybody just can hit that hit send on riders right. union and get everybody pumped up. <laughs> hit send, uh, JT. So uh, Marty Davalos, he uh, he didn't race. Yeah, Marty didn't make it out. <laughs> Marty uh, Marty watched that one from the couch. Unbelievable! Uh, I just spare me with the bad luck stuff, people. Spare uh, me with that. Brutal. Um, now, Weed, you talked to Bobby Hewitt, the team owner, and uh, he was uh, he wasn't really saying visa issues, but we're, we're we know behind the scenes that that's what it was. But Hewitt was not going there. Oddly, the team is absolutely sticking with personal issues. Marty is with his family. Um, he said that on TV. Also, uh, I mean, yeah, we know from a million different angles that that's not the case. It's a visa issue. So why the team? And honestly, Hewitt's usually one of the most uh, forthcoming guys in the pit. So that's really bizarre to me. I don't know why they're doing it. If I was to theorize, it'd only be because it probably, you know, you'd have more sympathy if someone were having a family issue than a forgot to do their paperwork on their green card properly, right? So maybe that's why they're saying that? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But but everyone's got one raised eyebrow to the Christophe Purcell also on that team and also missing Toronto with an injury that, quote-unquote, will be better in seven to ten days. But we, Bobby, Bobby showed you some x-rays, so... Yes. Yeah, he showed me x-rays of that. That, that is true. Porcel really did get hurt. Um, but there was nothing uh, of proof on uh, Davalos. I mean, I kept saying, like, well, what, what are we talking about? Like, what's he dealing with? Just personal issues. His family's with him. But these personal issues will be gone by next week? Yeah, we hope he can race Detroit. So whatever it is <laughs> should be cleared up, this personal issue. That was bizarre. It's, uh, just another chapter in the Marty Davalos career. Oh, we're pretty sure we're pretty sure that he took a couple of dives to stay down in the class over the years. We're also pretty sure he would have had would have won the 13 title if his chain hadn't broken on a practice crash. And this year he also may, may have won except for this. What a what a career Marty's had. Well, better luck next year. You know, going to year 12. So, um so, hey, I had a little theory of uh, this race. So, Kenny Roxon won. Uh, Marvin Muskan got second. Ryan Dungey fell. Uh, oh, actually, no, wait, 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 wait. Stop. Collaborate and listen. Weege, you had a job this weekend. Did you hear about this, JT? 
Uh, I knew he was doing something, but I never got to the bottom of what exactly he was doing. Yeah, he was gone, dude. Gone all day from 3 o'clock. I know. I, I, yeah, I'm yeah. up. I'm with you. 3 o'clock on. Just, doing. just gone. Just not around, not alive, not talking, not doing anything. And I had to carry the whole weight of Racer X on my shoulders. But um, what happened, Weech? Yeah. Yeah, uh, so uh, part of the TV crew is a spotter. Um, and, Mathis, you might want to get into depth on who the normal spotter is. Uh, if you have any opinions on that. But the spotter normally is a Bevo 40, the Zara Motocross, someone everybody knows well and is familiar with. Been doing this forever. And basically what it is, there's someone up high in the stadium, generally the press box, and they basically watch the whole race. Because if you're the TV producer or the announcers, you're only seeing what's on one screen. So there could be a battle that a camera's not getting that they don't see. So the spotter will basically be like, hey, fourth and fifth are getting close, get a camera on them. Or the eighth place just fell get a camera on them. So that's basically what that job is. So Bevo, maybe Bevo had uh, personal family issues as well, or visa problems. He didn't go to Canada. So they called me. Uh, so I actually was in the booth next to Emig and Shaheen, hilariously. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it's very funny. What's going on? It was the most fantastic experience ever. I got to watch the normal view I would have from the press box, and I had three monitors and instant replays right in front of me, and producers and other people telling me what was going on. Couldn't have been better. Way better than just hanging with Mathis. First off, F you. But second off, yeah, was Ralph giving you dirty looks? Like, what are you doing in here? Now, Ralph has always been cool, no doubt about it. I don't want anyone to think that there's ever been any No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. There never has been. No, no but I will say, I think, <laughs> I, I don't know who was told I was going to do it or not. Like, Chris Bond, the producer, told me to do it. I know the fellow people knew, and I showed up mm-hmm. at 3.30 when they told me to for practice. <laughs> And I know at one point Ralph looked over, and I think he was like, "What?" <laughs> it was a brief, it was a brief surprised look. I think, like, why is he next to me with a headset on? Wow. Yeah. So Ralph, yeah. Ralph feeling the heat. Um, yeah. I mean, all I was doing was spotting. It, it's a, it's a really cool job. I might even write about it this week. It's, it's really interesting. Um, how hard it is to actually try to cover, um, you know, yeah. twenty people at one time. Yeah, I bet. I bet it would. And listen, uh, there's two people in the industry that I would not want to be watching the races and telling me what's going on and what's going to happen. One of them is, is the series announcer, Irv Braun. The other is probably be Bevo. I guarantee you, we know things behind the scenes about what Bevo said about riders and things like this and everything else. He's been doing it just too long. I will probably end up like Bevo one, at one point if I keep traveling the circus. But I guarantee you, Wygant, your first crack, the, the, the producer Bondo and the camera guys, because you never actually talked to Ralph and Jeff, right? Or did you have a line no, to them too? I had, no, just Bondo and, right. and one camera guy. Okay, so, so I just kind of tell where to aim. I guarantee yep. you this one camera guy and Bondo after the race were like, holy shit. Was that ever good? I guarantee you, you were 100%. Bevo works for 100% goggles. You were 100% better than Bevo. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. I like Bev. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, I would JT, not. Do you like Bev? Uh, I do. I do. I have an appreciation for Bevo. Okay. Fantastic. You guys are towing that line. I like her. it. I like her. I like it. I'm just saying, I guarantee you, you killed it. Because you know, 
there's background behind these guys. You know the stories. You know the the, the who's who slots where in the races and who charges up from the back. Like this is all things that you have to tell the cameraman and Bondo. Like keep an eye on this guy, keep an eye on that battle. Um, you said you pointed out Mookie's ripped jersey at one point, right? You saw his jersey was all ripped. Um, these are things that the regular spotter has no idea about. That's all I'm just going to no say. You have no proof of this. I, no I, I don't. This. I don't. But I do intend to ask Bondo if, after the race, if he was amazed. Because I'm sure Wygant was just doing what like a normal human would know. But the regular spotter would not pick up on these things. Anyways. People are going to hear you saying this and they're going to say, Bevo's been to more races than anyone in the industry combined. Of course he knows all these things. Okay. All so right. You're going to have a tough time. You have a tough time winning. Right on. I'm ready. I'm ready. This is, I'm ready. This will be the hill I die on. I'm ready. <laughs> um, so, anyways, so it was cool. Yeah, you must. You, I'm sure you killed it. I'm sure you did a good job. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say I killed it because the. I mean, I was. It was a lot to pick up, and then of course that 250 main ended up being the ultimate test. Right, I mean, of right. trying to keep track of nine riders at one time, and that was like, you know, I'm two hours into the job, so I don't think that went as well as it could have. Um, 450 race, we picked up on a few things. You know, Anderson got flipped over the bars by the insane Bogle crash, mm-hmm. which we'll get to. Uh, and then I noticed he got the tenth, and I got on him before he, you know, passed into ninth. So that was cool. So that really, I feel like the entire night I got one win out of it. One thing, Anderson making one pass is about all I contributed. I feel so not as good as you might think. Oh no! Oh no! I bet you you were great. <laughs> um, no, it's cool. I think that's there was no way to track that 250 main event. I mean, that was just Dude. pure chaos. Yeah, let's start with that. We'll we'll get back to my theory later, oh. but let's start with that. That was that was nuts. That was insane. It was carnage. Mookie was 15th for like ever. Pulled into the pits twice. Uh, J Mart was 20th. He got second. Uh, Gannon Audette was um, second or third for a while. Um, but Benny Bloss went from Benny did not put his bike in gear when the gate dropped. Benny was dead last coming off the gate. And he came out uh, with the crash somewhere around fifth, and I think he got up to third at one point. And then he felt, I think he fell or made mistakes, big mistakes, twice, and then worked his way back up. Like, it was just nuts. And meanwhile, out front, the worst possible thing that could have happened was uh, Justin Neal, who was fast in practice. Uh, I think he won his heat, too, didn't he? I believe. Didn't Hill win the uh, heat? No, Mookie. He, he did not win the heat. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he, he yeah. was on him, right. But um, Yeah, he's fat. Justin Hill, oh, two flats. McElroth got a flat. Hampshire got a flat. Bowers crashed um, twice. And he, just nuts. And then Justin Hill had over a 20-second lead, JT. So, it was nutty main event. It was. It was. Uh, <laughs> no other way to put it. It was probably the most... Uh, chaotic and unpredictable main event, other than Justin Hill winning by a mile, uh, that I've seen in a long time. I haven't watched the race on TV yet. I plan to do that right after this podcast, which is probably bad timing on my part. But what happened in that first turn crash? Mookie takes the blame for it. He, he does? He ran it in there too deep and clipped Bowers, and then an all chaos uh, ensued from there. Uh-huh. That's what I saw, too. Mookie kind of got caught up, clipped... Uh, he got in there too hot into Martin, and uh, then he fell into Hampshire's tire. And then, and what happens when you get into the back of somebody like that is they can't stop. So when Mookie got into Martin, then Martin couldn't break because he kind of pushed the back end out, 
and then Martin blew through everything and all the way through the tough walks and off the track. Mookie got into Hampshire's tire, which basically stopped him from braking normally, and then everything just shuffled all the way to the outside. So if you were on the outside of those guys, you were going off the track. You just had, it right. was just like a wave of motorcycles and people, you know, pushing you off the track like a tidal wave. So, so. Benny Bloss's strategy of not putting his bike in gear was brilliant. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because he, he snuck, he just rolled around the inside, <laughs> <laughs> came out whatever he did. Um, it, it was it was nuts for sure. And uh, I want to give uh, credit to to uh, Ralph actually because when I talked to Hewitt in the morning, he's like, "All we can hope for is that guys like Bowers or Tonus or somebody like that gets in there on the podium and steals points from the guys Marty's you know battling for the points lead with." And I mentioned that to Ralph, and then in that first turn crash, if you watch the show, Ralph was the first one to put that together. As they're down in the ground, he's like, well, this is working out great for Davalos. Every title contender basically is down in the first turn. And for a while, it was like, Davalos is going to escape from this. I mean, Martin, there's no way Martin or Mookie are going to get any points out of tonight. It didn't work out that way in the end, but for a while, it almost worked. Davalos was like uh, almost as well off as Bloss. Just don't even compete. Yeah. And you'll be better. Oh, yeah. No, it was uh, – but in the end, Martin may have second. Mookie may have sixth. Hill won. So those yeah. three guys, you know, they all – looks like Marty, Marty's 25 points down now or whatever. So it's going to be tough for him to uh, to make it happen. I think it's 20. Yeah, 20? I think it's 20. Yeah. So that's um, not bad. And there's, yeah. a, and there's a little bit of controversy with Mookie because his bike wasn't running. Something was damaged. Kill switch was damaged or, or start map or something, it was, uh, the bike was in the wrong map, or it was either the kill switch or something, so he pulled in twice because the bike wasn't running, the team smartly cut the kill switch wire, um, sometimes these things are all um, made into one, and you got to push the kill switch like twice to, to, to load the map, and anyways, uh, and then the, then the bike took off, and it was great, so they deserve some, um, they deserve some, some quick thinking, some props for uh, quick thinking on that. What's the controversy, though? The controversy was because the bike was a team pointed out that the bike was supposed to, it's supposed to have a kill switch for safety reasons, and oh, it, it, it I mean, it did have a kill switch, and it's just like if you cut the front brake line, if the, you know, if the brakes packed with mud or whatever, these things happen. So you're allowed to keep going out the race. So it was, it was just brought up by another team, I guess, that wasn't happy, but they never chose. They chose to not to pursue the uh, pursue the issue. So, but Hill might be winning this thing, JT. He might win this title. The, we, we're, we're three races in, and he's been – I mean, you might say he's been the best guy at every round. He, uh, Daytona, he came from sixth to second. Uh, Atlanta, he came from way back to uh, fourth. Or did he get third? Did he get fifth? Whatever he did. He was he fifth more, in Atlanta. Yeah, he was way back. He might be the best guy right now. Uh, yeah, I think I think you could make a case for it. Um, but Martin's been really good, too. You know, Martin – Four, you know, four, one, two is pretty strong. Obviously, uh, it, it's going to come down to the wire, which is cool because even Mookie, uh, he salvaged uh, what he gets sixth, uh, fifth or sixth this weekend. Sixth, yeah, uh, yeah, from such a rough start and crash and pulled in the mechanics area and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, I think Hill's got a good, as good of a shot as anyone. Uh, but you know how these things go. Someone's going to, you know, obviously Marty took himself out this weekend, and I think it'll happen to another guy. One other guy will crash out, and it'll come down to probably two of them, if, you know, if not. It's just how the 250 class seems to go. 
Um, but I, you know, after three rounds, it's a pretty darn good series thus far. So yeah, I do a- like the way Hill's riding. Um, the one thing he's got to make sure he continues is the starts because that's been a it's been an Achilles heel for him over the years. Yeah, he's he's uh, Mookie's ten back. Hill's two back of J Mart. So right. Um, right. Hey, did you think JT? What do you think of Mookie's move off the start in the heat race that took out Plessinger that Plessinger wasn't very happy on TV about? Yeah, I couldn't really see it all that well. Um, I didn't get to see the replay, but I did hear that that Plessinger was really unhappy, and but I never really got a good look at it. So I'm going to reserve judgment until I see mm. it again. How about Matt Bichelio, Weege? Gets a third. Yeah, I mean, that's great for him. I, I think he and that team really needed it. Um, but it's so hard to figure what the results from that night mean. And you and I were talking about this at the hotel after the race. Some guys might have had breakthrough results, but because it was so chaotic, I mean, McElrath had a bad season, too, and he probably would have gotten second if he didn't get a flat. Uh, But would it have been like second, okay, he's back, he's up front where he should be, or is it just all these other dudes were either not competing or down in the first turn? It's just so hard to – I'm sure if you're Bichelli and the team, obviously you're taking it and you're pumped. You're going to tell yourself that you would have gotten third no matter what. But on the outside, any of the spots, besides Hill, who easily could have won anyway – I don't know what to think of it. Yeah, I think McElrath was a was definitely a shoe in, without a doubt, for a podium. Had he not, because there was such a big gap, and yeah. you know, yeah. my fantasy team would have really liked that. Also, by the way, but oh, um, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was just a nutty race, man. It was just one thing after another, and then Bowers, Bowers was in third or fourth. And then made a mistake and dropped to ninth, and he fought hard to get the fifth. And then on the last lap, he crashed, and you know finished way back. Been a rough, what's rough start? Yeah, but for I want to get a credit. big crash. Um, Did you guys see that crash? I didn't see it. No. Oh, it was, it was not good. Huge, but I want to give credit right before that, like two turns before that, Wentland did pass Bowers straight up. He blocked past him four fifth, so Wentland wasn't handed it. And then yeah, and then holy crap, the Bowers go flying after that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it. Well, Bowers went for the hero repass. In those woods, oh. <laughs> and that's what sent him into the you know upper orbit crash that he had. Did you see Bowers crash in practice? He after mm-hmm. the whoops, the long set of whoops. So. He there's a, you know the double after the set of whoops. He yeah. just uh, totally excite biked the front end into it and bounced off the second one and then hit the ground and went pile drove himself into the berm. So he was down for a while. Been a rough start for the bear, JT. <laughs> yeah. Before we move to 450s, um, who's your pick for the title, Weege? We're not going to hold – this isn't binding. We're not going to hold it to you, but three rounds down, 250 class, who's your pick? I said Martin at the beginning. I'll still go with Martin. Uh, it would not surprise me at all to see Hill pull, pull this off, but, uh, I mean, Martin's got the points lead. He's got a lot of experience. He also has a win. He just came from first turn crash to second. I think it would be stupid <laughs> to not say that he's the favorite right now. Okay. Uh, I guess I'm stupid, but JT? I'm going to say Martin, he was my pick as well, and he's got the red plate after three rounds, so, I mean, why would I change it? I, I just I think he's the most seasoned of these guys, and I think it's, I think it's his time. I think he's going to pull it off. I picked Mookie before the year started, and I'm going to now switch to, to Justin Hill. Although I will say I was, I was impressed with Martin this weekend. Martin was um, Martin was good. Big whoops. They got knocked down a bit for the night show, but even before they got knocked down, 
Uh, Jeremy was pretty good in them. I spent a lot of track walk time, track talk time, talking to Osho about Jeremy. So um, Osho was uh, basically saying like the kids, the kid is working as hard as Ricky ever did, and uh, he's he's just blown away by him. So, and and Osho actually thinks that some of Alex Martin's problems are that he tried to do what Jeremy did all preseason. That's what Osho seems to think that could happen with Alex, whereas Alex tagged along and, you know, it might have worn out. It might have just been too much for him um, because Jeremy Martin, in the words of Osho, is that special as far as, uh, you know, working hard and body being able to handle it and all that. So, but having said that, I think... So, so yeah. Jeremy is just a superior human to Alex is what Omera's... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, theory. Yeah, all right. Yeah, superior human. Okay. Um, so... Um, you fill that info. Please please tell that to Phil so he can use that on Troll now. <laughs> Phil. Poor Phil. <laughs> we'll get the Phil. Um, Alexander Fry has had some nice finishes here, Weege. Like, it's been all right. I mean, yeah, it was a nutty main event, but he got fourth. Yeah, and I know I did just say five minutes ago, it's hard to read into these results. But, yeah, in general, I think Fry has ridden better than I expected in the ride. So you can take the fourth. Even if you put that aside, I mm-hmm. think in general he's been on the verge of maybe getting something going. And honestly, the way things went with the few nationals that he had last year. And I'll, I'll go back even further. Like Loretta's two or three years ago, KTM announced, Alex Fry's got a guaranteed deal. We're taking him to the pros. And all the real amateur experts, not even me, but all the 17-year-olds that work for Verb were like, what? What? Alex Fry, this is terrible. This isn't going to work. So I just heard a lot of doubts. Nothing, obviously, that happened in the Nationals the few he did last year made me think, oh, no, this kid's going to turn around. Uh-huh. But I feel like he's been quietly good in these yeah. races. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, where was Dakota Alex this weekend? He was not there? Uh, Paperwork, bro. Family, family, family issues. Fa- family Something. issues? No, I'm trying to remember. Didn't he get hurt in... Daytona? I think he got hurt in a main event, but he still finished... I don't know. Hey, Tony crashed the last lap or two laps to go, so maybe that. Maybe that was it. Yeah, I think that was it, yeah. Um, and Jesse Wentland, um, Minnesota's own, uh, fifth place. JT's had a strong start to his year. Yeah, he was good, man. He was way back. Uh, he came from he crashed in the really turn. far back and yeah. passed all the way up there. Yeah, crashed in the second turn, he told me. He said he, yeah, avoided, he, said he avoided the first turn and was like, whew, wow, I can't believe I survived that. And then <laughs> into the second turn. <laughs> so... Um, He's a good kid. I know him well from wearing X-Brand goggles over the years. He's not wearing them now. And, of course, Johnny Knowles would probably say that that's the reason why he's doing so well. But um, good kid, works hard. He's got a good guy backing him, that RSR team, like a quiet guy that's, like, not one of these flake sponsors. Like, it's it's legitimate. And um, he really he's, – he, he said he, he almost – he broke down into tears after the finish. He could not believe he's, you know, got into a top five. That, that's been his dream. So he's been good. And he's going to ride four for the outdoors. So, good. good yeah, for, strong. Good for Jesse. Uh, he's quietly uh, being a basically a top ten guy every week or better. Uh, what else? Uh, Cartwright is now on the Blue Buffalo team, Weege. Yeah, uh, I think on Wednesday that happened. Um, he texted me about that. He was supposed to be racing Rainy Cross this year, and the team he was on last year shut down. And Blue Buffalo has gone through quite a few guys mm-hmm. lately. Um, yeah, because Bloss was on that team. Now Bloss has replaced Rensland on Cycle Trader. From 500 feet away, no one would even realize these things because they're all on Yamahas. But, well, 
I guess Blue Buffalo has a little bit different plastic. So that's how you can tell them apart. <laughs> a little bit different plastic? Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on to 450s here. But actually, let's take a commercial break. Uh, listen to this commercial from uh, Race Tech Suspension. Get your suspension serviced. Get it revalved. Use the code PulpMX16 to save yourself money at Race Tech. Uh, Race Tech, the official suspension of Moto Concepts, and also as well uh, top privateers out there, like Cody Church, who made the main event, and um, and also uh, Michelin Michelin Starcross Five Tire, MichelinMotorcycles.com, brand new tire uh, developed um, tested by JT early on. JT's stamp of approval is on the Michelin Starcross Five. Listen to this commercial and we'll be right back with, with some uh, 450 talk. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Race tech people, racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with race tech. Uh, trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Race Tech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Race Tech Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Race Tech High Performance Springs. These springs are called High Performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10%? At uh, Racetech, go to PulpMX2015. When you order, you can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. Michelin tires are back, people. MichelinMotorcycle.com. Michelin Starcross 5, brand new, available in hard, medium, soft, and sand. Uh, their off-road tires are some of the best ones out there, and they've revamped this whole lineup. There's no one who knows these tires better than our own, Chris Kiefer. When they're calling it comfort casing technology, what are they talking about? Is this a fancy marketing term or what? No, it's actually the carcass of the tire itself, so how much it flexes or how you know sidewall stiffness that you have when you come into corners. And what's cool about this tire is even from the previous version, the MH3, it gives more. So when you hit square edge or you're coming out of a corner with some bumps, it has some give to it. It's more comfort, so it doesn't feel so rigid. A lot of that has to do with the, the CCT. So you're telling me the comfort casing at the end of the day, maybe it helps you a little bit to have some suspension in tires. Yeah, obviously it's flexing a little bit, but also, too, when you come into corners, you don't want it to roll on you. So they've got that dialed in to where you come into a corner and you still have enough stiffness where it grabs and bites, but yet straight line, you have comfort. Hey, as a former factory mechanic, Kiefer, I know all about mounting tires, um, so no problem for me to mount anything. Right. Well, maybe not a moose. Uh, you found mounting these new Michelin's uh, pretty easy, actually. Yeah, I'm a great test rider, but my mechanic skills are novice at best, so mounting the tire wasn't too bad. They sent me a bunch of tires to mount before testing, and I was out there busting in the garage, and normally you got to put some tires in the sun, let them soften up a little bit, but this... Um, the bead rolls on really nice. I didn't have to struggle. No curse words were, were sworn in the garage. So uh, it was a lot better for me, you know, putting these on. Four versions of this tire. They cover all the uses, Kiefer. Reduced weight, comfort casing technology, mounting, traction, handling. They do it all. Starcross 5, MichelinMotorcycle.com. Thank those guys. Check them out, the local dealer people. These guys know tires and they know what they're doing. Locks on the 
RacerX Podcast, presented by Fox Racing, foxhead.com. JT, you ever go to foxhead.com? Uh, I think I got redirected there once, and I just closed my computer. If you go to foxhead.com at Fly Racing, you're fired. You just get called. HR appears immediately. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of trackers, and our you know all our, right. our phones and computers are bugged. Right, right. Um, all right, let's talk 450. So back to my theory, like a little bit. I was talking to Roxon about it in my post race thing. Like we're just we're just in a different maybe maybe. Now, okay, keep in mind this is this is the theory I have. And it's the same theory. From the, it's coming from the same guy that said Chad Reed will never race in America again, and Jason Anderson could take off and be like MC in '93. So keep that in mind. This is the same guy. It's me. Um, we had McGrath, we had Ricky, we had James and Chad, um, and even RV to a point. And Ryan Dungey is riding better than ever. And Weege, hopefully, but we'll break it down a little bit here shortly about Dunge. Um, we're so used to. Like Chad and Ricky and James and McGrath could start literally dead last. They would probably make the podium by the end of the race. They were so much better than everybody else. And the away, like nothing could phase these guys. And we had dominance for years and years and years. We've had supercross dominance. One of the reasons why they talked about putting in a ch- they're talking about putting a chase in next year. And I get it. And I've been there for most of those races. I started in 96, so I know what they're saying. Like the elite guys were always so much better. But my theory now, Weege, is just maybe we're in a new era where if you don't get the start, like Kenny Roxon hasn't the last two weeks, but before he was, this week he did, if you don't get the start, you can't come through the pack and, and just dominate. You can come back for a podium, maybe. Maybe. Um, you know, they're very elite guys no, can. apparently you can't. Apparently you can't. Because Kenny didn't. Right, because Ken, Kenny didn't the last couple of weeks. But Dunge has. Right. So that's when Dunge is maybe blowing that uh, hole in that theory. But we're just at a time, Weech, where if you don't get the start, you're out. I don't know. What do you think? No, I think there's definitely evidence to support that. I know that since the dawn of time in Supercross, they've talked about how important starts are. And every year it's more important. And every year is the year where they're going to be more important because every year is the year where the guys are most equally matched. I mean, I've been hearing this for 25, 30 years now. But, I mean, these last few weeks, and I know everybody hates this idea of a chase format. Any person who's even gotten a whiff of this really? is so angry. Oh, I have not heard one person... Um, think it's cool. I I do. So yeah. there's there's one. I do. There you go. I think people in our circle, like 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 media circles, I think can understand it. But I haven't heard a fan or team person, um, you know, just in general that doesn't have a dog in the fight, um, think think it's cool. So, but my proof is, how awesome would it be? These last four weeks, you could argue that Moosecan was the best guy in Atlanta. Kenny was the best guy at two of the races. Dunge was the best guy at another. Tomac was the best guy at another. But here's the problem. Like, this is actually the season we wanted to see. It's actually evenly matched. It's hard to predict who's going to win every night. All mm-hmm. that stuff is right. deep. I mean, there's 10, 12 awesome factory guys still throwing Anderson and Seeley and Kennard and Brayton's riding well. Like, it's deep. Yet, it doesn't matter because Dunge is a 30-some point lead. So, yeah, I feel like it's actually become very unpredictable. But it is unfortunate the way dirt bike racing works. The unpredictability is really just based on the start. It is. But, but... But Chad Reed, James Stewart, Carmichael, it didn't matter. Many, many races, it didn't matter. Right? Like the start, they could pretty much start 15th to 10th and still get a podium. 
yeah, it is officially more even, I guess, uh, than, it, than it was back in those days. And that was not great um, that it was like that. No. You know, the, this, the first to eighth could be flipped in any order at these races is pretty cool. What do you think, JT? I'm uh, I'm torn. You know, I think like Natalie that, and Bruglia. <laughs> I think championship relevancy is uh, is what Feld's after, and I think it's it does that well. I, th- I really do because it just seems like year in and year out we we have the championship decided weeks prior. You know, and, and there's been the oddball year where not, Reed and Villapoto went down the wire. And, we're not asking you about the chase. We're, we're not asking you about the chase. What were you asking me about? Like, what do you think of my theory and sort of how these guys need starts now and how Chad and James and Ricky McGrath didn't really need starts? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I, I definitely think that, you know, the, the, those guys had a significant gap in ability and talent than what you see now. Uh, no doubt about that. Yeah, th- those guys were coming through no matter what. I've seen James come from 19th to 1st in, like, eight laps. Right. Can, yeah. Would you – I mean, Dungey can't do that. No, that, I don't it's think. One hundred percent. Yes, deeper. Uh, the uh, field is much closer in ability than it was ten years ago. So this is good, except for you know what? It's all good, but it does make the start so 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 important. JT, like insanely important. It does. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, look at Roxon's results. You know, he capable of winning. Or he's capable of getting fifth if he starts twelfth. You know, like it's just, right. it's it. There's no more proof than you need than that. And I don't so much go by Daytona because it was such a, a crappy track. But the week before in Atlanta, Roxon just yeah, kind of got it's, it's the fifth. Been proven multiple yeah. times yeah. this year. Yeah, by Roxon. Right. And hey, his opening laps, JT. Those were those were pretty good. He laid it on, man. Once he got once he got into the lead. Well, I think it was interesting on on both counts with. Uh, both Roxon and Tomac is that first lap. Tomac was like, "Yep, Daytona again. I'm out of here." <laughs> Went by Dunge. Yep. Got to the front, and then holy cow, did it snowball downwards from there for Tomac. And Roxon was like, "No, no, 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 no. You got it all wrong. This is not Daytona. I'm going to the front, and I'm going to go bye bye." And uh, it was just funny to watch the battle of wills. And as Weege has been kind of harping on the last week or two, you know, on this momentum thing is. Momentum, <laughs> momentum only lasts a week. You know, Saturday night when the gate drops again, your momentum can be completely gone in a hurry. And I think we saw that with Tomac. I think it's his the momentum he had from Daytona is, is completely gone and probably going the other direction again. If okay, Weege, I'm going to name the riders. You tell me if they come around the after the first lap with a couple second lead. You tell me when who can't win. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Roxon, yes. Marvin, yes. Dungey, yes. Seeley, yes. Let me know when you, when you disagree. Tomac, yes. Brayton? Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> Kennard? Yes. Pike? Not this year. Anderson? Yeah. Weimer? Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. But... Um, Chad Reed, right? So Chris Blows. <laughs> Touche. Um, yeah. So and, and and I think Reed Reed would be one, right? Yes. You say you say yes to Reed. So yeah, that's eight guys. Yeah, that's eight guys. 
that you've just been like, yeah, if they have a second, couple second lead after lap one, say they get the start, say they, they lay it down a sprint lap, eight guys there that can win. So, um, I will say it's uh, it's not just a start. If you look at the way these last few races have gone, uh, it's really those first two laps. Because you know, Dunge started behind Roxon in Dallas and then passed him, and then Roxon got him back, and then Dunge had the lead momentarily, like momentarily in Daytona. He did have it for like two corners, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Tomac worked back around him. Same thing here. Dungey did have the lead. The first lap or two, we've seen decisive passes that eventually determine the whole race. But yeah, the other eighteen laps merely optional. Dungey's only won two out of the last five races. <laughs> only won two out of the last five. Only. Um, yeah. Panic button? Yes, yes. Let me dig it up. Let me dig it up. <laughs> hey, on a scale of on a scale of uh absolutely I would love to see you. No, okay. If you're Eli Tomac and you're sitting in your first class seat, who would be the last person you'd probably want sitting next to you for a four-hour flight if you're Eli Tomac after that race? I know the answer, so I have to be off this story. <laughs> Who would be the last guy he'd probably want to be like, yeah. I'm going to say you. Because <laughs> that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I had flew next to Eli for the whole flight. Uh, from uh, Toronto. You, you didn't just see him on the plane. You, he was sitting next to you. Denver to Toronto. Toronto to Denver. Four hours. That's horrible. That's he, horrible. Can you imagine the things that he was thinking about? Like, oh my God, this guy next to me. How's the spring forks? What's going on? How's the bike? How's the team? Are you on PEDs? <laughs> Have you ever hit a panic button yourself? Do you want a panic button? We've been hitting a panic button. Am I buddy or brother? What am I? Like <laughs> This is like think of what it would take to set up an exclusive three hour interview with a guy at that level. Well, and then you just get a plane ticket that just makes it happen. Three hours. This is basically down, the Aaron Andrews of Eli Tomac's life. <laughs> I guarantee I guarantee you, I like Eli, he likes me. We have no problems, but I guarantee you he's like shit. <laughs> Eli will be suing United. <laughs> right, right. So, anyway, yeah. sat next to him. I did talk to Eli after the race, and I have to admit, he was way cooler than I thought. And I almost thought I should have said, hey, I just want you to know that when guys like you end up with a fifth when you're in the lead, we just you're super pissed off and don't want to talk to anyone. Um, so I'm impressed that you're actually in a good mood. I think we get confused a lot, like we don't come to ask, and it makes them think, oh, they're off my bandwagon, nobody even wants to talk to me anymore. But it's usually because we assume yes. they do not want to talk to anyone. No, I agree. I don't go by, Eli. But he was okay, right? Well, I, um, well, we saw him signing autographs for fans. That was cool after the race. He was at the fence signing autographs yeah. and everything, so that was that was awesome by him. Yep. Um, he was fine on the plane. Like we actually, I slept most of the way, so did he or whatever, I'm sure, but... Um, we did talk a little bit. What? Or at least he faked it. He faked it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, why can't we literally, you, myself, you, me, and uh, Anton from Transworld MX, our arch enemy, we ended up uh, drinking some beers and, and doing our race reports in the same hotel room after the race. Um, and then we just ended up bullshitting from almost the whole night, pretty much. You got zero sleep, why can't? Zero. 
And, yeah, zero, zero. I slept so, on the plane only. But I do want to say that the beers and food were provided by Transworld. Yes. And we were more than glad to take them. So, yeah, suck it, Maeda. Joked on you, bro. Yeah, bro, suck it. Yeah. So, anyways, um, <laughs> Eli, getting back to Eli. So, he went to Spring Forks, JT, this week. He won on air, went to KYB Spring Forks. Level of surprise for you? Uh, I'm not surprised because they've been all over the place. Um, I don't know. It's it's uh it's kind of head scratching, I guess, to a have li- such a good weekend and then change a little bit, right? Yeah, but uh, did you did you ask him why they made the change? Yes, I did. He said that they just were having problems on the air. Just the air builds up pressure and and it changes the forks feeling in the race, which is um not something that's earth shattering because anybody says that. So mm-hmm. um, right. he told me, Eli told me much the same thing that he told Wygant. His heart rate spiked early on. He said that Roxon's pass on him, quote unquote, came out of nowhere. He had no idea that Roxon was there and going to make that move. And then he said that the Bogle thing also might have got his heart rate up a little bit as the number 19 Honda flies across the track in a qual- on a triple, you know? Um, what do you, JT, as somebody that's, that's been in main events, uh, what do you think of that theory that he had? What do you, what do you make of that? With the air or just the rocks and pass? No, the, the heart rate spiking and I'm, you know, I'm that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say. I mean, everybody's different. So, uh, heart rate spiking was, is tough to deal with, but there's different reasons for it. You know, you're the whole time you're out there, you're trying to keep it in a certain range, uh, because that's what you practice at and that's what you train at, and that's what you do normal laps at. So, uh, heart rate spike is definitely something that's not good. You have to back it down. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough thing to rebound from. Mm-hmm. Um, and he only knows what he's feeling. So yeah, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm wondering, is it something that's legitimate? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, heart rate yeah. spike sucks. Yeah. Because you, you basically are like, you feel like you're hyperventilating. You can't, you know, you can't yeah. even get enough oxygen. So you have to back it down a little bit. Uh, it usually only happens in like a huge battle or um, something like that. But uh, it happens for sure. No, there's, there's um, something to it. It just doesn't, it's usually not something you hear well, from guys because they're usually in such good shape that they kind of yeah. can handle it. I'll tell you what, he would have been passed by Brayton with another two laps to go and maybe yeah. Canard and maybe Canard. Yes. Um, Absolutely. But I'm glad, according to you two, why get everything's fine. There's no problems. Everything's great. Right? Yeah. He's gone. Why has gone. <laughs> Sorry. I was glad that after four races you asked us that, and then that's it. Like, we're stuck with that for life. <laughs> like, you might as well have said, um, in 1999, if Jeremy McGrath got it going on, and we say, yeah, and then here, 17 years later, you could say, well, now he's retired. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm waiting for some apology cards to come in the mail. I check every day. Every day I check to say, to see one of those flowers that says, I'm sorry, dot, 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 and I don't see them in the mailbox at all. There's probably going to be anthrax in any cards that you're I'm, receiving. I've, I've been waiting. Um yeah, it, I mean, honestly, no, honestly, um, his heat race, he crushed it. He, who was fastest qualifier? Oh, Kennard was, but Tomac was good. Um, I thought it was over, too. Did, did, all, did both of you, when Eli grabbed the lead? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. J- JT, you thought so, yeah. too? Like, I, I didn't. I didn't because he had his two, 
two best competitors right on his rear wheel. Mm-hmm. But I really didn't. Um, I didn't think he would be able to ride away from both of those guys because he really hadn't been able to do that all day. So uh, I did. I did not expect Roxon to do what he did. I can tell you that. Yeah, dude, I got to look at the lap charts. I should do that right now, actually. But Roxon's opening laps, like it was like, see you later. Like I'm out. Yeah, of, really I, I am out of here, and I don't want anything to do with anybody else. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, his, his fastest, you know, the, yeah, his fastest lap was on lap two. Or lap three, I should say, his, sec, his second full lap. All the battles we thought we were going to see, you know, in the offseason, like anticipating. Yeah. You know, the way that first lap or two shaped up, I'm like, oh, man, it is on now. You got Dunge, Tomac, and Roxon. No one else. You know, it's just man against man against man. It's going to be so good. Um, but it didn't materialize. You're right. Roxon just said, see ya. Um, Marvin? And by the way, oh. I know, I know what's happening. People right now are listening and saying, yeah, but Dunchy has a points lead. That's why. He's taking podiums. He's not worried because of the points. I, I don't have as many things on my tombstone as, as you do, Mathis, that I live and die by as a credo. Dunchy is not settling for seconds and thirds because he has a points lead. He went off the track in Daytona to try to catch Tomac. He lost the front end here trying to catch Roxon. He knows as well as anybody, you do not want these dudes to get any confidence or get in a roll. You must keep beating them down. He's trying to win these races. I, but yeah. you're going to read it all week and next week and all year. He's just protecting the points lead. That is, pardon my French, that is bullshit. He's yeah. trying to win. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah. Marvin's good, JT. Like, we're going to, you know, we do the uh, NFAB Racer X Fantasy Moto podcast. We're going to have to start thinking, changing our Marvin. Changing our Marvin positions here. Like, Marvin is a week-in, week-out podium guy for me right now. Phenomenal right now. Yes. I mean, because, look, Dungey crashed. That's why Marvin got him. But Marvin was putting heat on him. Like, it was not some, Yeah, I don't know. I don't heat, think Marvin was going to get him. But putting I heat think, on I him. I think Dungey... Uh, I think Dungey crashed because he was pushing so hard to ca- try to catch Kenny. Well, that's whatever. my personal opinion. Okay, but Marvin was putting heat well, on him. Well, that's a different argument, though. No, Marvin was putting heat on him. I, I don't. I am in disagreement with that. I don't he, think that Marvin's pressure caused Ryan to crash. I think he. I didn't say that. I think Kenny Kenny put such a uh, high pace in that Ryan because Ryan was closing. Ryan was making up two tenths, three tenths, uh, half a second sometimes, and he was catching it. I think he was he was trying to catch Kenny. I really don't think he was nervous about Marvin. I, I, that's my personal opinion. Okay, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that Marvin caused him to crash. I'm just saying Marvin's putting heat on him. Okay. Well, that's kind of implying that, but uh, I don't think whatever. so. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, Putting heat on him and then saying that's yeah, whatever. Okay. I, I uh, personally, I attributed the crash to him pushing the limits, trying to catch Kenny. That's what I saw. Chad Reed went down on the fir- before the first turn, and he was coughing up some blood, knocked himself pretty senseless. But I think he'll be racing Detroit. JT. He said so much on Twitter. So I think um, so. Yeah, he had a head. Um, do you? Which I don't. I don't know how the. You know, if they're, I doubt he even went to see Astros. Maybe he did. Maybe he did concussion protocol. I don't know. But the uh, Bogle got the whole shot, right? He was officially credited with it. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. Um, this came up with the Andrew Short crash. Now we all love Shorty, but it was no doubt that he cross faced that jump in the rhythm section and took out Will and hurt and, and hurt Phil. And this came up from a guy I heard from a, from a top guy that was not involved in either those in that crash or this Bogle crash. But it was somebody who was like, 
you got to be smarter if you're short or bogle or whatever. You have a response. Look, look, look we can't put triples off the start. We can't put whoops. So you got to put something. If you don't put anything, they're just going to bunch up at the first section. So you have to have something. Stop complaining, everybody. But, like, like the thing with Bogle, like, do you agree, JT, with this guy that was saying, like, you got to be smarter? Well, I mean, what do you want him to do? I don't know. Just maybe not triple. You know, maybe. I, mean, I don't that's know. That's what everybody did every, every time they got the whole shot. Every race. They were all, they were all tripling. Like, it could have been. The whole yeah, shot. okay. All right. Well. No, I mean he just yeah. mistimed it, you yeah. know, like whatever. It yeah. happens. He went he overjumped the first one, landed too deep and then, you know, just kind of sent him bucks. He was kind of cross-rutted. This guy's point was like, "Come on, man. Like we're all world-class riders here. Like don't do that. Don't don't be dumb." Yeah, I, I personally okay. I don't buy it because you know, mistakes happen. No offense. That's, it's that's, not it's not Devin Raper or Kate Clayson getting it and being like, "Holy crap." Like, ah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, this is a 250 Supercross champion. I, I just think yeah. he made a mistake. And yeah, whatever. Okay. Um, Anderson was caught up in that, and then you did. Did you guys see his quad in his in that rhythm that he was going three four in? Yeah, huge. Nick Schmidt huge. told me that he did that in front of him on like lap eighteen, so late in the race. Yep. Not a whole lot at the stake, and he was doing three four. I'd love to share it with everybody, but Anderson blocked me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, saw, I I when I was walking the track. I looked at it, and I'm like, man, you could do this because I'm one of those guys where, like, you know, I walk the track with my VIPs on the weekend, and then I'm talking to other riders, and they're like, do you think you could do this? I'm like, you can jump anything out here. Like, these bikes are ridiculously fast. You can jump anything. So the question of can you do it, yeah, yes, you can. You can jump whatever you want. Uh, is anyone going to do it? That's where the question, you know, what are the consequences of not making it and all mm-hmm. that stuff? How much do you like hospitals? All that kind of thing comes into play. Um but I looked at it, and I'm like, you can make it. For sure, you can make it. The takeoff was really big for to go quad out. And obviously, he proved it. But usually, it's it's a question of guys who are just like, eh, you're probably going to make up like a tenth of a second by doing it. But if you come up short, yeah, if you make you're probably going to whiskey right. over the berm and land on a Toyota. Um, yeah. So, no. But it was cool. He, he had it nailed. It's ballsy, Weege. Yeah, it was actually a really good ride for him because somehow that Bogle crash didn't collect that many guys. You know, I yeah. think he was the only one that really got the brunt of it. So he was, it wasn't like there was eight guys down and he got up in 14th. He was behind a lot of riders and he ended up, I think, ninth in the end. Um, so he rode awesome. Yeah. Uh, why did he block me, I wonder? Did he not like things I was riding, I guess? Did he just thought I was an idiot? Is that what happens? I guess that's why you blocked me. I don't know. Mo, Mo had told me, he's like, he said that I don't like him either. Like something, because I was, I was in the Rockstar oh. Husky truck talking to them about gear or something. He's like, you can't be over here. You don't like Anderson. I'm like, I, I don't like Anderson. You've been oh, hard okay. on him. You've been harder on him than me. I you have? Really? Yes, absolutely. Which I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, um, complaining, like whatever. You're entitled to your opinion. Your, your opinion is valid. But there's no doubt, JT, you've been hard on him. About just rough riding? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I. The funny thing to me was like, I I like Anderson. Like, it's not personal for me. He didn't take me out. Like, I don't care. <laughs> He's gonna block you. Or maybe he has. Check uh, it. And that's the whole thing is like, guys think that I don't like them. I'm just calling it like I see him. I don't care. He didn't do anything to me whatsoever. Nothing. Like my life didn't change at all. No, but they think that you don't like them. Well, yeah, and that people are allowed to think whatever they want. Like, that's certainly not the case. Like, I don't know why Marty doesn't like me. I have no idea. Well, I, I don't know. That may be a different story. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think a lot of Anderson's moves have been 
uh, the ones even JT that you get a little butt hurt or a little complain about, I think they're fine. But apparently, I did something along the way. So, um, j- j- so we're gonna need you, Wygant, to talk to Anderson for us. Well, I talked to Anderson actually in uh, Daytona, and I thought he might have been mad about something I wrote. And he said, "No, as long as you're not Mathis, it's cool." Yeah. And I said. Yeah. You would not believe how much mileage I get out of you and so many other riders by just being the good cop to Mathis's bad cop. So this works brilliant, brilliantly for me. For you. Anybody you need me to go talk to for you. Superb. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, go go for it. Um, yeah. Yeah, he made it all the way to ninth, so good ride again by him, no doubt. Um, Canard. Update, I am not blocked. Just to, just oh, you, you just checked? I am not you just blocked. checked? Okay. Yes. Um, hey, uh, Trey Kennard was uh, uh, fast, JT. Uh, of course, being his luck, he got caught up in that in that deal. But um, he, uh, yeah, it's just the way. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, yep. fastest qualifier wins his heat race, yep. and obviously, I'm biased because he's you know the marquee rider for the brand I work for. And uh, yeah, bad start, pile up, whatever happened there, and he's you know relegated to a, another mediocre. And I don't want to say mediocre finish. Yeah. That's not fair. But seventh is yeah. for the way his day was going. I'm sure he was not hoping for a sixth place. <laughs> seventh, or actually, seventh, seventh or whatever it ended up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The good news, JT, is Fly Racing went had the six, seven, eight spots in the main. We did. Yeah. We, uh, you know, the Fly Racing family, we like to keep keep it together. Yep. At one point, it could have been. It could have been a. Uh, it could have been a uh, fly on fly crime. It, those guys there was a bit get... of fly on fly crime in, oh, the... in a couple of races out there. Oh, there was. Oh, yeah. Some privateer guys took each other out. <laughs> Shocking. Privateer guys wearing fly. <laughs> um, shocking. Um, all right, what else? Oh, um, Nick Way. Nick Way was all right. What would you think? He got tired. He told me after the race he got tired, and it, it looked like it. He was seat bouncing the finish line. Yeah, he, he were okay. 14, I mean, that's, that's not too bad. Weege, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's great. Yep. That's great. I mean, making the main the second time out and then the 14th, that's awesome. So what about, hey, so did we? did you watch the race? Obviously, bro. No, I, I had the best seat in the house. No, I, I mean, multiple monitors. I had it all. Okay, well, did the gate flinch? What's going on with this gate? What's happening with it? Now, apparently on TV, you could see the starter like hit it twice. So it it, it kind of kind of throws a theory that it that it did flinch. People are saying on Twitter that it didn't, and what's going on? It didn't look like to me it flinched at all. But apparently on TV, you can see it. Oh well, I remember seeing more replays than you saw on TV because they were replaying it for themselves and then replaying it on the air and then replaying it again. I never saw one thing that made me think that anything moved. I, n- I did not see a single thing move except Blake Baggett's clutch finger. Okay, so all right, so people on TV are saying that they saw the guy in the doghouse, though, hit it twice. Yeah, yeah I didn't. Okay. I, I don't recall an angle where I could see the doghouse right. unless maybe all I could think of is Baggett was on the very end on the monitor I have. Maybe if you had a widescreen TV, maybe you're seeing an extra three feet that I couldn't see, which is very well, much possible. JT, they got to uh, fix. They got to fix this. They got to figure it out. Yeah, that's the whole question. Is there? Are they really fixed? Are they really anything to fix? Or are they just jumping the gun? Well, this is two weeks. Two out of the last three weeks. Okay. Well, you know, people hit the gate. That happens at times. Yeah, but they're throwing red flags because of that. I understand. Why well, are are you saying fix the red flags or fix the gate? Fix the gate, I'm saying. Well, and that's what, and that's what I'm asking. Is there really a problem with the gate? Well, how come? Or are they prematurely throwing the red flag? Guys on my Twitter were saying that the the guys on the other side of the doghouse also went. 
Leading, leading. Well, when you out of your peripheral, when you see somebody go, it's it's hard not to go. Yeah, but you don't see bag it. They're not they're not able to see bag it. They're on the other side of the box. Yeah, but they're still. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm. I also saw people tweeting, watching the, the race live, saying there's no, absolutely no way the gate moved. So I don't know. I, that's what I'm asking you is, is there a real problem or not? I don't know that we know the actual answer to that. The, well, why can't the problem is, there, there, the problem is there better be a problem. Because <laughs> if they are red flagging it just because a dude got stuck in the gate, which is what it appears to be, it's like you're basically getting a reward for a false start. So... I sure hope that the dude in the doghouse is like, I screwed it up or something. And they're not just doing it because they assume if you're stuck in the gate that uh, you need a second chance. Yeah, I don't know. I'd hate to, yeah. I hope it's moving. I really hope it's moving because otherwise it's like, come on, man. You yeah, know? And that's all I'm asking. Exactly. I, I don't I know the answer. Would... On, I saw nothing on Blake's gate moving. Although and... I know the hard part is most of the angles that you get from TV are from the front of the gate. <clears throat> you know, And these guys don't really, they're not necessarily looking at that. They're looking at that pin. That's in front of them that you could not see from in front of the gate. Right. That makes sense. So I something could have moved small that you can't see. I was never a pin guy. JT, were you? I am in Europe because it's a different gate. Over here, I just looked kind of through it, and I looked for any movement at all. I didn't look directly at the pin. I kind of looked like forward, and yeah. I just would – any movement at all, I was gone. I always, so. looked at, I always looked at the left corner. I don't know why. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Um. Well, yeah, they got to figure it out. So, um, coming up the ramp after the race, after the main event, I was uh, hustling up the ramp, and uh, Tony Alessi said, uh, "Moving pretty fast for a big man." And then he kept going. <laughs> nice, nice. So, nice. Are you brother or buddy? Well, and that's the last thing I want to say before we wrap up this uh, Racer X podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Ah. Uh, Michael Antonovich, thank you for the beer and the pizza from Transworld, says that Dungy calls him dog. Like D-A-W-G. And I get buddy. Wygant got brother. Kyle from Racer X, the new Kyle, got, got buddy. On Dungy's Instagram with a NASCAR driver, he got a brother. There was a country music star, too, that yeah, came to his motorhome and got a brother. Yeah. yeah. So, so we got yeah. brother like Hulk Hogan a few times. We've got a dog, and we got a buddy. JT, you really need to get in there and see what happens. Mm, I don't know. I, he's, he's always been just pretty normal to me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm excluded. You've never got a dog, brother, buddy? I don't think so. Not that I know of. Maybe I'll make an effort to talk to. I actually talked to him at at Glendale because I had wrote a column about him that week, and and um, we were kind of talking about the column a little bit. And I don't think he dropped any of the cliche terms. Huh. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, we got really good. I think he's made a fundamental shift to the to the brother. That's what I think. I think there's been a shift. He decided maybe it was on a calendar. Maybe it was you know leap year February 28th, and then once it goes to the 29th, I'm switching buddy to brother. I think there's a I think he's made a change. So what about dog? Is Anton just making that up? I feel like he could be. <laughs> I, I, dog does not seem like a, a no. Dunge. No, it does not. No. No. What's up, dog? Doesn't it at all. Seem. I think Anton's no. trying to join a club that he doesn't belong to. <laughs> and he thought he'd throw something out at us. <laughs> Did he go with bro with you guys? No. No, he doesn't. 
It's yeah. never been bro, bro. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else is going to come up. Man, he called me squirrel. I was squirrel. He's like, later, squirrel. <laughs> dude. See you, dude. Good talking to you, dude. Right. I know one thing. Brother is better than buddy. And uh, I don't know where dog is, but yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, dog last, as far as I'm concerned. What's that? Dog is last, as far as I'm <laughs> <laughs> However, whatever name you want, dog, dog is the last one, is the worst one. Yeah, Satan. I'll take Satan over that. See you later, Satan. I'll take that over dog. Right, yeah. Not a I fan. think you're in Jason Anderson's dog house. <laughs> you should have you seen one. There are a lot of dog houses, Mathis. Speaking of dog houses, are they going to fix this gate or not? I told Wygant, you got to see this quad that Anderson did. And then I'm searching. I'm like, what's his name on Instagram? And uh, I'm searching and searching. And they're like, yeah, they're both correcting me with the right one. I'm like, it's not here. It's not here. And Because on Instagram, when you're blocked, it really doesn't come up. <laughs> You just keep ending up at some taco stand. So I finally found it. And I'm like, it says no post. And they're like, oh, at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. The cat made it again. Good job. Raper made it. The cat, I guess I tweeted without a comma. I said uh, for the LCQ or maybe the semi, I said the cat Raper. Because um, <laughs> I don't put cat in Zara. I just call him the cat. So someone else tweeted and said a comma would be nice right there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Probably. The cat raper was uh was was in fourth. So. Um all right, that's it. Anything else? Uh Detroit this weekend. I'm not going. Neither are you, Weege. No. Nope. JT, you gotta carry the flag, brother. I'll be holding it down. Am I tweeting again? No, we got a pretty good size good sized crew there. because uh, okay, it's perfect. drivable to Morgantown. So uh, you should be all right. Get, go, go, get, get after it, dog. So, get after it, dog. Um, all right. Thanks, Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas. Uh, thank you, uh, Toronto Supercross Wrap-Up uh, here on Racer X Online. Thanks. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Steve Mathis Show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, 
I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like being a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, 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 hey,